This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. So with me is my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with a plan, the one and only man. I take a layoff, man. We had a mini bye week, too. The Jets played Thursday. We got our mini bye week. We didn't come out on Monday with a Jets pod. We didn't need to. We didn't say, hey, New York Knicks, we're going to come out with a Knicks pod on Monday. No, we're going to keep it to the same schedule. But we know who is here with me, as always, my man, the one and only, John Maliga. What's going on, bro? How are you doing today? What's up, man? What's up? Uh, bludgeoned by another uh, Knicks game in attendance in between there too, so it's it's really it's really not all uh, as great as you make it seem. But I'm good, man. The Jets are actually coming back. We might have uh, Hall of Famer Mike White back at quarterback. <laughs> Who knows? Um, you know the the Knicks are, are I'm pretty sure up to their best start in the last decade, and we're quote unquote not doing too great. I mean that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, I mean, things are okay, man. Things are okay. I- I'm a little worried about Anthony Rizzo's back, but that's a, that's for a different story for a different day. Look at oh, the. <laughs> we'll, we'll get our we'll we'll get some. Uh, I guess we can get some quick quick Jets takes too, because John, we are joined today by one of our good friends, man right down the street, has his own Knicks podcast called Knicks State of Mind for ESNY, and if you know him from there, you probably also know him from KnicksFanTV.com as a fellow writer of mine. He also used to work with me over at Hoops Habit. Came over with Nick's fan team. We had to we had to poach him from Hoops Habit, man. And then you also probably know him as the creator of the Couch Critic, founder, yeah. CEO, all of that good stuff. Our guy, Chip Murphy. Chip, how you doing? He's Current also guess. a miserable Jets fan like us. So what up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was perfect introduction. I'm glad you added that last part because that's the perfect way to describe me as a fan, miserable Jets fan. Thanks, thank you for having me back on, guys. I appreciate it. It's been a minute, Chip, so we needed to have you back on, especially since we can just wallow in misery about the Jets and then have our excitement and glory about the New York Knicks because the New York Knicks are the only team that's keeping our hopes alive at this point. You're also a Yankees fan, too, so you you fit right yeah. into the mold of this podcast. It's, it's You great. might also be worried uh, about Anthony Rizzo's back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am worried. I'm more worried about the fact that Brian Cashman is still running the Yankees, but I'm also, I'm worried about a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's true. It's bizarre. I'm, worried I'm about more Boone, worried about whatever. the Yankees than the Knicks. I, I just can't get used to that. I, know. I was about to say Aaron Boone is probably the bigger question mark than Cashman in my opinion, but yeah. we don't have to talk about that team. That's it's off season. I want to keep the Yankees in off season mode. We're in Knicks mode, Jets mode. We're in just hope at this point, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, I guess before we get into it, we'll, we'll get you a, I want two sentences from you, Chip, on how do you feel about the New York Jets this season? <laughs> oh, God. In just two sentences? Two sentences. Uh, two sentences. All right. The first sentence is obviously Mike White is awesome. That has to be oh, part of it. Yeah. Mike White. <laughs> <laughs> and the second sentence has to be, I don't know yet. And it's about the coaches, it's about the quarterback, and it's about, I, I think, pretty much everything else. Like, I, I really don't I like that. know, yeah, know yeah. what to make about this team besides, I, I think 
based on what we've seen, I guess since Wilson went down, I think LaFleur is, is a pretty good play caller, but I don't know what that says about Zach Wilson. So I, I just don't know yet about this, this team and more specifically Wilson. I don't know yet, but I'm not giving up on him at all, at all. So I think we'll I see. think we're in this. I won't speak for John. I, I'm in the same camp as you, John. Are you probably in, are you in the same camp yeah, as yeah, uh, Chip? Yeah. I, All right. Yeah, I'm in the same. I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I feel like than the whole world, and it seems like maybe you guys at the moment. I, I think Zach Wilson's fine. I think, like you said, the coaches have clearly changed, right? And you know, we could we could transition that right into the Knicks because you know what hasn't changed, and that's Coach Tips, guys. Mm-hmm. Coach Tips <laughs> refuses to change a single minute. <laughs> off his, I feel like he literally has a minutes watcher. He does not change a minute in his rotation. He's very stingy with it. He did add the whole new three pointer business, which we are literally just, I've never even, are we, do we think we're the Warriors? Cause we're just not, but we're acting like the Warriors or, or the Houston Rockets. Derek Rose I, was five years, six years too early from when he made that statement. <laughs> for, for, all you that don't, for all you that don't remember, it's when Derek Rose said we were like, what, compete? Could, we are like the Warriors or could compete with the Warriors? I forget what it is. I forget that. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Yeah. That was when, uh, that we had the Knicks, uh, quote unquote super team, right? Oh, the team <laughs> comment. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we had Mello, Noah, D Rose, Courtney Lee. I don't know how Courtney Lee got thrown into the super team and we had KP. <laughs> so what a time. But we don't have to discuss that anymore. We could discuss uh, what we saw from these past weeks from the, the New York Knicks because that team was just empty. This team is full of life, I could say, that even though they are full frustrating to watch, I think it's more than hope. At this point, Like, there's an, I have an expectation at least that they have to win. Like, Not the, not everything, but they have to win games. Like, They're going to be a winning team this season. Like, I have that Let's expectation. Um, so when I watched them play the 76ers last night, a G League team, I have the expectation Ooh. that they're going to win. Pew, 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 pew. Hey, I don't care, man. <laughs> we, were, we were in MSG South, all right, as uh, other fans are calling it. Hell Screw yeah. Philly. Fuck Philly. I don't care about them. I don't care about that. I don't Ooh, care about that. We fan are base. feisty today. I don't care. Look, man, I'm still angry from when I went to go watch the Jets play the Eagles. I just don't care about them. You can't anymore. be mad about that, hey. man. We're fi- we might be breaking the, you know, listen, man, we might be breaking the streak. Let's just, let's just call it how it is. The Knicks finally won in Philly. The Jets can't be Philadelphia. Philly's coming into MetLife this year. I mean, this might be the year we break the curses, man. I would hope so. But anyway, just keep staying, staying true to the Knicks. Like, how do you guys feel about this past week? I'm like, Bucks was an exciting win. Losing to the Cavs was a little disappointing. Beating the 76ers the way we did, it was good. Not too hyped about it. As some people are outside of the arena. We should have beaten that team. I don't necessarily need to. Look, I'm all for fans celebrating, but... We beat it. We beat like a limited they, roster. So they were at the game. I don't. They were at the game. Yeah, no, they were excited. Look, man, yeah, you're, you're, you're probably you're probably tipsy, drunk, whatever, and you're excited afterwards. I'm not. I'm not against it, but I think everyone just wants to have that type of moment too, where they're recording. Like it's one thing to be excited. I think everyone wants to have that recording to be like another side talk. That's from like, all right, guys. Yeah, side they talks, want side their talks Chris Percy Einan moment. Yeah, everyone, outside, everyone. outside the arena. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But then they also who who else? We had the Pacers that they lost to. It was a rough week, man. It was a rough week last week, in my opinion. But what did you guys think of it, Chip? Since you're, I guess I'll start off with you. I think the Cavs one was the rough one because it felt like they underestimated them, mm-hmm. and they just kind of, you know, it was a repeat of the Magic game, yeah, where they just 
completely uh, slept on the magic and thought they're going to steamroll them again like they did the first game. And I think they took the Cavs lightly. And I thought like, okay, after that, uh, what was encouraging was, and we just talked about this on my uh, my pod, with the Sixers game, I think they kind of came out and were uh, sluggish in the first half again after the Cavs game. And they... Julius kind of took it upon himself to make sure that didn't happen, to make sure they didn't mm-hmm. lose a game that they should have won for the second straight time. And I mean, if you can't beat the Sixers without Embiid, then you are not a playoff team, like at this juncture of the season. So that that's a humiliating loss. That would have been a humiliating loss. I don't care if it's at home or away. That's a humiliating loss. But listen, Chip, like, you know, I mean, number one, as it better? And, you know, it was corroborated by Coach Tibbs, you know, a seasoned veteran coach. When teams are missing superstar players, the that team, and especially their bench unit, they come together and they play hard because they know they have to make up for something. And, you know, the skill rating, the skills of the bench player, you know, they're all NBA players. So once you have that mo- extra motivation behind them, I mean, literally, that's what Coach Tibbs told them pregame. That's what uh, Randall said. He's like, yo, we got to get ready for this team because they're missing players and teams are better when they're missing players. So I, I don't, I'm actually encouraged by that win. And it was close at the end. I mean, they, we, we had to actually, you know, play some winning basketball there at the end. What, what, what do you think, Alex? I, like I said, I'm happy that they beat the 76ers. I, I have the expectation at this point that they got to beat. Limited teams. I know it was on the set. I know it's the second game of a back to back, but when you still have, you know, you gave Kimba the night off against the Cavs. So maybe you could say, Hey, against the Cavs, we weren't at full strength because we needed Kemba shooting. Maybe you would have been on that night. Sure. Fine. Cavs are also a good team. Evan Mobley is legit. I like what I see from that kid. Dude is like, you called that. I, I, I like Evan Mobley a lot, man. Yeah. He's good. He's honestly really good. He's, he's everything that we all wish Channing Fry was. Oh, <laughs> it really is. No, it really is. It's like if Channing Fry was like really good coming out, that would be Evan Mobley, just like popping threes, getting those boards, uh, you know, he fulfilling he, in. But he, no, I'm just gonna say, like, he knows how to use his body on that spin move too. Like, he's that's all I'm saying, bro. He's a beast. Dude. He can control and the like, ball, and he has a thin frame, but he's moving guys like Mitch. He's big. He's Jack. He's not. He's not. Yeah. He's not skinny. He's not. And skinny. also he's Jared Allen thin. too. Jared Allen's oh, a yeah. beast, too. Yeah, Jared he looked, Allen's good. He looked great against us. And I used to clown him, too, when he was on the Nets, too, because Nets fans used to compare him to Mitchell Robinson. I was like, that's crazy. And, I'm man, he's he's really, really good. He's special. Jared Allen <laughs> yeah. is special. Yeah. I mean, we all knew that coming in into the game. And, I mean, I was fortunate enough to see uh, Monica McNaught while I was just crossing the street uh, going into the game. So I was like, oh, Monica. And I was so casual. Called her. I don't know what, what I was supposed to call her. Miss McNutt? Like, I don't know. So I was just like, hey, hey, you know, I was like, hey, Monica. Yeah. She's like, oh, turn around. Like, who the hell's calling me Monica? And then being me, I was like, oh, so like, what do you think? I was like, what do you think about this game? I just like went right into it. Uh, and I was, and I was like, I'm, first of all, the Cavs are hot. And we all know about Jared Allen, but. How about the guards? Like the guards is what I was scared of. Like un- unfortunately for the Cavs, right? Sexton tore his oh, meniscus in the first sucks. quarter. Yeah. So he came out, but it was still the guards that were the issue. Dude, we can, it, it's been pretty consistent now. Like the starting from, I, I mean, your, your magic, right? You, I mean, you, you brought them up. You want to start, you want to start from then from Cole Anthony down Cole, to Cole heard him. Yeah. 
down to the Raptors, like where it was the wings, down to the Pacers where they just rained threes on us and it was perimeter, you know, killing us, down to like the guards at the Cavs. And that's how we almost lost to the Sixers. Didn't matter. Miles Turner, too, man. Miles Turner. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Miles Turner raining threes. Like, it wasn't even like, I don't know. That's, it's been pretty consistent problem. And that's what's scaring me at the moment. We need a perimeter defender. And the inside presence isn't really there. I know we have Mitch, and I know that looks nice on paper, and Mitch is good when he's in. But Noel is continually hurt. I love when Taj Gibson is there, but again, like Tibbs is pretty stingy with these minutes. Um, Noel hasn't really been effective, and he's is he? Can we say he's injury prone? Every single game I've been to so far that Noel is on this team, he gets hurt at some point during this game, and he's wrapped up like a straight up mummy. <laughs> After they're stretching him, he's, he's with the ball, he has ice every single game. Like, at what point? And he misses games. Like, at what point are we just going to be like, yo, just take a week off? Or are we going to be like, yo, we don't know if this guy's a long-term. I know it's three, it's three years. Three years is pretty long-term. That's our, like, I don't know, our quote-unquote, could we say, second-round window, like, Eastern Conference window? That's within the next three years. Like, can we trust Noel? I, well, the thing is, like, Noel's on that Two plus one, really, because it's two years of the last year's a uh, team option. But he had a really good outing against the Bucks. Like he he was able to put Giannis sure. not completely in his pace, but in his place. But he had Giannis on lock for a good portion right. of that game. Uh Cavs, you know, Cavs, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, those guys are we're talking about two highly talented big men right there. And then when you talk about playing against the 76ers, Andre Drummond, like you he came in with uh sore back. <sighs> Centers with sore backs, man, and sore knees. I just don't trust it. But he's down again. He is injury prone. He has that type of history. You know, you hope that he can play. You just know what you're getting out of him. You just hope you can get, like, over 60 games with him because that would be a good season for him. And same thing with Mitch at this point. Mitch has a hip issue that was showing, especially the second half against the Cavs. Uh, now we got to rely on Taj Gibson. I know they're both – I know Noel and Mitch are both questionable for tomorrow. But to get to your point about, you know, rim protection, perimeter protection, I think it's more so rim perimeter protection than it is the paint protection because guys are not necessarily running out to cover the three as they were last season. And sure, we can say guys are getting their legs back under them. It's the beginning of the season, uh, all these other things. I buy that, but defense is also effort too. And it's kind of, so I, I kind of say it's somewhere in the mix between where these guys are trying to get the conditioning back up for NBA games, but there also has to be that effort that they have to go out and contest those threes. And I think, especially against Turner, like when you have a big that pulls out Mitch, you don't get rim protection when your center's being pulled out. But I think our, I think our rim protection's actually pretty decent. I don't want to say it's great. I think it's decent. The issue that we keep failing is that we have to have guys run out to the three after we've just been berated towards the end. So that just opens up the paint for everybody to come attack. That's how I look at it for like the Chicago Bulls. Like they were raining threes on us. And then we were allowing backdoor cuts. Like there was no tomorrow. I don't know. What do you think, Chip? Yeah, I think the the defense is definitely an issue right now. But I think when you add a completely new backcourt, you know, with Kemba and Fournier coming in, there was bound to be issues at the beginning, at least. I didn't think it would be this glaring. 
to start. Like they're, I think they're still in the bottom five in defensive rating right now. And they're, they're allowing more three pointers than any other team in the NBA. And Mm -hmm. I know that's what everyone said. Like they allowed uh, a bunch of open threes last year, but they weren't going in. And now those threes are going in and the closeouts aren't as hard. And we're seeing some of that with, and with, uh, Guys like, you know, Fournier's closeouts aren't as hard, I guess, and Kemba's closeouts might not be as hard. And those guys aren't, yeah, those guys aren't known for their defense. And, but look, they are upgrades. That's why we brought them in. And the defense, I think, is going to work itself out. Yeah, I think it's going to be fine. It's, it's growing pains. It's, these guys just got there. They're pros. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Maybe Tibbs has to make some changes in the rotation. Maybe he has to insert someone like Quentin Grimes, like we saw him do in the Philly game. Maybe he needs to get in there and play some more. And the Cavs. Yeah, and the Cavs game too. Uh, and look, I mean, if Kemba has had some pretty off nights where Tibbs has already shown that he's going to play Derrick Rose the entire fourth quarter and not play Kemba at all. And he's done the same thing with Fournier. So who knows how... This is going to go and, and quickly is also outplayed Kemba sometimes. So I, I think that the defense is going to be fine. And I think that if Kemba continues to struggle on defense and I, Fournier actually, I think has played better defense than people are saying he has. And I know I'm completely biased towards Fournier, but he's, <laughs> I think he's played better defense than people are giving him credit for. Uh, I think that both those guys are going to have a long leash for now because of their, uh, offensive skills and reputation, but they need to start making shots because right now they they don't have as much value if they're not making the three. And since Fournier had that that big uh, opening game, he hasn't been great. And he he was good in the Philly game, but that was really his first uh, great game since the opener. And I think Kemba and Fournier they were brought in for their offense, and that was. The whole re- rationale was, well, how good they are offensively is going to offset the decline defensively. And, you know, Fournier had the one big game and now he's been kind of off and on. And Kemba really hasn't been Kemba yet. Yeah. We're kind of waiting for that. And D Rose has outplayed him. So I guess what we need to do is just, it's, it's, we need to hope it's just early. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a Tom Thibodeau team. And there's no way they're going to finish in the bottom five in defensive rating. And I said that earlier. Again, I said that on my podcast. And then Danny corrected me and was like, you know, that happened with the T-Wolves like three times, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like with the, with the Timberwolves, we're talking about like Jeff T, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was just joking around. Yeah, but you, I know, but, are, you, are you talking down to, to Ricky Rubio right now? No, because. I'm not talking down to Ricky Rubio. Well, Ricky Rubio was Steph Curry for a night. He can have his night at the Garden. Well, Ricky Rubio revenge game was something, man. Bro, he didn't uh, say a word. He did not say a word the entire time on the court, and that like bothered me even more. He just like shut his mouth. And he kept, yo, that three in front of the Knicks bench. He they really were... wanted to beat Tibbs. He does not like Tibbs at all. Yeah, is that what it is, dude? He did not say. Yeah, a I mean, word he got. Tra- I mean, he assassin. Ricky Tibbs Rubio traded was him. traded. Ricky Rubio was traded by Tom Thibodeau for Jeff Teague. Like, well, he was mad about is... that. I don't know. I, I would be mad about that. that. <laughs> Ricky Rubio is way better than Jeff Teague. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. 
Like, I, I don't know. I think I think Ricky Rubio had a little. Uh, Where do you end up going? Uh, who Ricky Rubio? Yeah, I Atlanta? think he went to uh, no, Utah, right? Utah, right? Was that oh, a Utah? Utah That's a good spot. He went to the playoffs. Hold on. Yeah, it? but he got he got sent, but he was only there for like one season, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, I don't know. If, if he was mad at Tibbs, I, I get it. He was an absolute assassin. But speaking of of like our defense and the fact that we have to get together, to be honest with you, uh, you, you keep talking about Kemba Walker. I I, I agree. We're going to see a Kemba night, but it's not going to be on the defense. Like he's going to have one of those nights where he drops forty five, and we're all going to go crazy, and we're all going to you know tweet about it, and it's going to be on Sports Center, and we're all going to have a great time. And you know, Jesus and Mero are going to lead with it, and you know, we're all going to retweet it, and we're going to have, we're all going to have fun. And hopefully, it happens once or twice in the playoffs. But like for longevity for this season, from the guard play as it stands, the only way we're going to have on-ball defense is IQ. IQ has yeah. been doing his thing. He's going to have to step up and, and earn those minutes. And like you said, we're, we're, I mean, I, I'm the one that really let it off and said that Tibbs is stingy with his minutes. IQ, you you saw IQ like you mentioned, Chip. He'll he'll end the fourth if he's playing well. All right, uh, there, you know Alex's notes first half, second half. He's mentioned IQ all all throughout the game. I know he uh, Alex has been talking up IQ all off season too. He's ready for him to take that next step. And seeing that D Rose and Kemba really can't compete on defense, you know, at at the extra high level that we kind of need them to due to the lack of efficiency for Chips. Evan Fournier, like, like Evan Fournier is not going to be better on defense all of a sudden. It's just not going to happen. Like, I, we, we can pray, you know, we can pray about it, but it's not going to happen. He's a good team defender. He's a good team defender. I was about to say, he's a really good team defender. I was about to say that. And even when I was doing the free agency previews for Knicks Fan TV, I said for Evan Fournier, he's not an on ball defender. He's a team defender, like, first and foremost. That's what you bring him in there for. And Kemba, and Kemba Walker, I go back to what point guard is going to be your lockdown point guard? That's just. Very far and few between. There's very few Drew Holidays in the league. Um, I think IQ. IQ's defense is – he's good. I like IQ's defense, man. He's tenacious. He's fighting around screens. He's always trailing the guy. He's right on their hip. And he's just not letting anyone get by him that easily. But I agree. Like, we do need better perimeter defense. And I think that's how IQ's going to work his way in, as you pointed out, John. I think he's going to work his way in because of his defense. And Tibbs is like – well, he does. He can't shoot the three when he gets really hot, and he plays really good defense because he's active. So it's he's getting there. He's you know, I think the thing is that you you talk about you talk about Tom Thibodeau being strict with minutes. We even saw that against the Cavs, where he kept the rotation short until he was like, oh, "Rubio is killing me, man. I guess I got to Quentin Grimes. Come on, son. Let's let's see what you got over here." <laughs> But yeah, I, I like that move though. That was such a frustrated coach yeah. move. Like, yo, nobody can do it. Yo, rookie, let's go see. And he did not take him out for nothing. He did not care. He got the airball on the three. Did not matter. Like, you're playing D. You want to airball three? No problem with me. Like, I I kind of like that like philosophy. And that's but that's what's going to get these guys on the court. And I got and I'll and I'll shout out uh, Chris Vernon from uh, the mismatch uh, part of the Ringer Network. He always talks about when he interviews coaches what's the thing that coaches want to get them on the court? And it's not offense, unless like you're gifted offensive player. It's defense. Defense is going to get you on the court a lot faster. If you know where to be, stay in front of your man, you'll be on the court a lot faster than your offense because the offense, they believe, can come come a little bit later. Uh, 
But for IQ man, I hope he I hope he gets those minutes. And I think this is a good tra- I think this is a good po- chance to like transition to like our grievances because there is one OB Toppin that yes. needs to be getting more minutes. Yes. John, you've been begging for this before we even got into the season. You've been cla- you've been saying Obi needs 15 to 20 minutes a night. I'm with you. This dude brings the energy. He's efficient. He was hyper efficient against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I was irritated. Dude. So irritated in the fourth quarter where he was part of that second unit to help bring it back close. And then they bring in Julius Randle. And I get what Tibbs is doing. Okay. I get that Tibbs is trying to give trust into his starters. The guy's been there. You know, you got Julius Randle who just got paid your hundred, your hundred million dollar man. Sure. I get that. But what I don't understand is when you see a guy going off and actually helping this team, wins to me are more important than politics of, ah, this is our guy. He's the face of the franchise. He didn't have it, man. He didn't have it defensively. Obi was in there killing it on offense and defense. Dude, and he broke up to the alley-oop. It was literally after the alley-oop. And that's the mind-boggling thing is that he just finished – a bucket, and like I tweeted before they even got back from commercial, I was like, "Do not change this lineup, just don't." And I knew Dude. he was going to change that lineup. Oh my goodness, it. you should have just, just asked me because I was literally, like, I'm literally sitting right there. <laughs> Obi was, I, I honestly thought that this was the day that Obi was going to curse out tips. He was so he, I mean, breaking news. He literally said, "That's effing bullshit." Like he literally said that. Like right, like literally right on the spot. Literally said that. Obi I don't that? blame him. He literally, I, I, yeah, like as he walked to the bench, I saw him, and I don't really blame him. It, it is, it, it is. Like he, how could you take me out after after the other team called timeout because I got an alley oop dunk? Like just on that principle, at least wait until the next whistle. Like at least, at least let me make one mistake that you can point to, and especially like Alex said, Randall just listen a couple of times this year so far. We've seen it where we go down and we ask Randall to play hero ball and then he plays hero ball and then we complain when it doesn't go in. <laughs> okay. And that is, that's just the Cavs game was another one of those days where we were like, yo, we're down. We're just going to give it to Randall, see what happens. He's our hero. And if he messes up, we're going to blame it on Randall. And Tibbs actually relieved him, put an OB. He was able to actually pick up at that. We were, we were rolling. We were going. We had the momentum. And then he put Randall back in because, like you said, Alex, it's just a way, it's just a way of the land. And that, that was really frustrating. I was ready for Obi to come and kill versus Sixers, honestly, but that didn't happen either. He's just like this free Obi thing might be kind of real. Dude, I am. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna are you gonna put him at five? Chip, you're gonna put you're gonna put Obi at five. Okay, look, okay, so let's say you have to keep Randall in. Like, what are you gonna do? I don't want Obi at five. You're gonna put Obi at the, the three? Like, what are you gonna do? Wait, you don't want to put Obi at five, so you're putting Randall at the five then? And that's no, like I want I want Randall in his natural position. I want to center in, but I also want Obi. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, like how does it fit? Like, what well, then how, how do you that's what I'm at? Well, that's what that's what's going on in Tibbs' head. Yeah, because right, that's why that's why he's only playing. There's 10 no minutes. minutes. Yeah, there's no us, minutes yeah. because Randall's going to play 38 minutes every single night. So I, I just don't see it. The only the only route 
for Obi to get extended minutes is for Tibbs to say, I'm willing to play Obi and Julius together. Which and he, he has honestly, shown absolutely no willingness to do that at all. And he, sh- but he I don't should blame though. Him. But he should like in a in a, he, in a matchup and, and for spurts for like five minute spurts, it's not a big deal. Like go, dude. Jared Allen would have got. We didn't get. We couldn't get no, any no, rebounds no, 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 yesterday. No, no. Jared Allen like, would have murdered us like that. We, ah, we, we could have tried something. He was killing us with the with playing Nerlens out there. I, he could have tried something different. Uh, just to run with Obi and Julius. Have them force their hand. That's what I'm saying. Like it, you can't. Like I think the uh, the other way of looking at it is that yes, you have Jared Allen out there who's good defensively, a really good rim protector. My thing is, all right, let's go five guys who can run the court. Just give us five guys. Put RJ, Obi, Randall. Insert whatever. Whether it's quickly, I, I want a center. I want a center it. and a point guard there, bro. I want. I want. I want a big lineup. Can I have a big lineup where it's like? I know we always try to go small. We don't have Evan Mobley on this team. <laughs> yeah. If we had Evan Mobley on the team, I'd say, hell yeah, man. Where's that? There's no Mobley, option. But... Where's the big lineup? What's the big lineup you want to say? Like, if we, it? like, just keep the center in, keep the five in, whether that's, you know, Mitch, Noel, Taj, or whatever. Throw that Randall, OB, and then any, any two, any two guards you want. You want to throw in. A mix of D Rose, Kemba, IQ at the guard, the point guard, and then the shooting guard. You could have RJ, Fournier, you know, any of those two. Like mix and match those five guys, like so, just for a little bit. Oh, so Obi or Julius at the three, then? Yeah, like, but basically, yeah. But you're, when you're playing, for example, the Pacers, I don't think that's that's a that's such a big deal. You know, what I mean, maybe versus you know a team that's going really small, you know, like and that's maybe OKC. That's, that's tough. But saying, why like can't we establish night. dominance sometimes? Because obviously what we're doing is not working. That's all I'm trying to say. All, all I'm trying to say is, we, yeah, like defensively, it's just not working. We, we don't have the guys. Like, are you just going to throw Grimes out there to be the perimeter defender? I mean, no, he's a rookie. So Tibbs isn't going to do that. Obviously. So what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, so like, that's it. So we don't have, so then yeah. we don't have an answer. Yeah. I, I just don't think playing Obi at the three is possible. I mean, I just, yeah. I, I don't think. So it's just for Randall. You just, you just saying it has to just be the whatever the, Randall's not doing. That's where Obi is. But the yeah, opposite, I, I just t- sorry, Alex. Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say like the opposite though is like what we had last night where we had where Drummond was out and you're like, oh, this is a time where we can go small, where you can yeah. put Randall Obi out there together, and then you can have three guards or whoever, and then really push the pace. Like there are teams that are gonna do that, and we can we can expose them on that because try and stop. A guy like Obi Toppin, who's ready to run in transition, who can also put the ball on the floor. That's what I'm saying. Dangerous. Dang- we can create wow. a challenge. Guys, I but that's, like but that's also, Sean but that's, Like Sean Marion is in the lab, and like we can we can unleash the Sean Marion if we just like let him, you know, gain experience and learn and play. But like we're just like, nah, nah, just like stay here and like just like shoot two threes a game and get a rebound and call it that. Sean Marion is one of the best wing defenders I've ever seen. He was an amazing defender. You think Obi has that in him? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying like, he's like, he's like this miniature like version of him. Like that's what he should be striving to. And I just feel like we're never going to be able to unleash that if he's getting eight minutes a game. And when he's doing pretty well, we take him out in the fourth. You know what I mean? We just can't unleash that potential in him. I mean, he was great I, in college, right? You're the college guy. He was yeah, in college. This he is was not awesome like, it in be, college. It wouldn't be like a crazy phenomena if he ended up being a really good wing in the NBA. 
I, I think that would be wild. If he ended up playing the small forward in the NBA, I would be shocked if he did. Well, just like, I mean, just like if he could just defend someone and hit a three or two, I mean, he's obviously been working on his three. He hasn't been hitting them, but he's obviously been working on it. And he obviously Mm -hmm. is trying to work on his defense to crack this rotation. I just don't think it's too crazy to. I'm just trying to fit him in. Like I, I don't think this is like a genius I think plan. The, I just, I'm just trying to fit him in with play, Randall. Is to play him and Randall as the two bigs. That's how he fits. I just hate that. So I just think they'll get old. I think that if I'm the opposing team, all, all I'm praying for when I, if I play the Knicks, is for you guys to start Randall and Obi Toppin against my against my guys. Like that's what I'm hoping. But isn't for. that? But isn't that what the Clippers did against Zubak? I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, what what the who is it? Um. um yeah, Clippers used that small ball lineup, right? I'm not going crazy. Yeah, they, versus who? Yeah, who they did they do that against Utah. Dallas Utah. or Utah? Utah against yeah. Gobert. They yeah, oh, against Gobert. Did. Yeah, and Gobert is one of the best rim protectors out there. So they took out yeah. this, close to the 200 million dollar man off the court because sure. they went small ball. I yeah. think you could do that with the Knicks too, especially if you are then going heavy on offense. Because if if the case is then every time we bring down the ball, there's a higher chance that we're putting in the bucket versus your guy trying to come back and chase us. That's fine. I think Randall's strong enough to be pushing guys out of the paint. Like we've seen Randall go up against Drummond before. That's not a biggie. I think him against, I think him against Jared Allen would have been an okay matchup. It wouldn't be a great matchup, but it'd be an okay matchup. I think you can squeeze over five minutes. That's all I'm asking for. Five minutes. Not that much. Just five minutes of just time to get that little bit of overway to get Obi on the court saying, all right, guys, we're going a lot of offense right now. D Rose quickly. Burks topping. Randall, go out there. Let's get some points. Let's focus on that because that will just be more dynamic. That would put other teams on their toes saying, ah, crap, we got to keep up with these guys offensively now. Now we got to work. How, who's guarding Obi Toppin out in transition? Who's, who's, that's just a lot of guys who are just running up and down the court that no teams necessarily want to deal with. And then you might have to force the other team to go small if they got to keep up. Yeah. So sometimes you got to just try it out. I mean, nothing's ever perfect. I think the thing that is irritating is that we see Obi Toppin playing really well, and he's getting five to eight minutes, and you're like, guys, like, come on. This guy can get a little more points. It hurts, bro. It really hurts. Yeah, it's Actually, I was really he's playing really well games. without our best yes. player on the court with him. Yes, that's a perfect <laughs> word. We said it at the same time. I was just irritated. I was just as irritated as Obi was after that when he took him out in the Cavs game. I didn't realize that that was going on in in the real world too. I thought it was like normal, like put Randall back in. Like you know, my my friend who I was with was like, obviously we're gonna put Randall back in. I was like, but how? How can you take? How can you go up to Obi right now and be like, yo, sit down? I'm yo, like, you know what I mean? It's so weird, man. It's like, yo, you were playing really well. Please take a seat. Uh, all right. Yeah. We asked you to Thanks. do everything we asked you to do. You did perfectly. Thanks. It's just so mechanical. Like I know at the six, seven minute mark in the fourth quarter, the change is coming. Like I know it. You know what I mean? That's it's just too thing, mechanical. Man. I hate that part. I and think most like coaches are like that now, though, right? I hate that chip. Yeah. I don't care. I hate it. I yeah, really I I hate think, it. I think I really they are. I think they are. I hate this mechanical Ooh. crap. Should, so should, it's very soccer like. It's very soccer. <laughs> soccer does that. Oh, in the 65th minute, we're going to put in our, our forward and, you know, that's going to be, it's going to throw everything off. Like we all know you're going to do that. We're just going to make a song <laughs> in the, you know, 72nd minute. We're just going to, it's so, so silly. Shout out to you, Chip, because you've been promoting it. And I started watching it just if we're speaking about uh, soccer, Ted Lasso. Oh, Ted Lasso. Great. Well, Such a, you started watching? Great, yeah. Great feel good show, man. On season two already. It's awesome. Oh, are Uh-oh. you? Good, good. I won't spoil anything. Yeah, don't. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. 
just watched uh, the Christmas episode last night, so I'm gonna keep. Uh, have you watched? Uh, have you watched it with Dominique? Yeah, absolutely. And she liked it. Nice. She she was the one that introduced me to it. She was oh, like, "Oh, nice. this is good. Yeah, it's, good. Always, it's, yeah. such, it's such a good, it's such a good like sports like because there's so many sports references mm-hmm. besides you know the Jets thing. You know, but- hurt. I was about to say the Jets thing. <laughs> the Jets thing. Hurt me. Stung, I was like, yeah. Oh man. It's like, what do you call a team that's underperforming? It just stinks. Oh. New York Jets. I was like, oh wow. Yeah. There's some great NBA references in there. The Allen Iverson practice rant. Yes. Great yeah. one. Yes. yes. The Steve yes. Kerr references are great. Steve yeah. Kerr's son works on the show. So there's a couple oh. Steve Kerr references. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little, couch critic, little, little couch critic, little little couch critic tidbit. The coach the guy who plays Coach Beard was on uh Low Post and talked all about it. Yeah. Oh nice. So if you've never re- seen him so, in anything. I never have either. I just assumed he was bro. like an old school, like maybe an SNL guy or something, a friend of Jason Sudeikis's, but he's sure. so funny on that show. Hilarious, bro. His, oh his my God. facial expressions are just getting me every single time. Yeah. Every single time. But, but getting back to our New York Knicks. Uh, <laughs> getting back to what this podcast is. <laughs> not, the, not the soul movie where they make fun of the Knicks. We're not going to get into that. No. Uh, but Which I, te- I, think- I tend to like blame every Knicks loss on that. That's like my only rationale. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good movie. Man, but the guy who wrote it is a big Knicks fan anyway. So yeah, that makes right. sense. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. It's a nice should, rationale. Like, it's, it's not in our control when we lose. There's a lot of Knicks fans <laughs> out there, man. It's one of the more popular teams out there. Talk about the origi- original franchise. Us and the Boston Celtics been around. You know, a star studded 6 p.m. star on a Sunday for Cavs, like Chris Rock, Pete Davidson. Yeah. Like, everyone is there. It's, so, it's Julito. Everyone's there, man. Everyone, their grandmother shows up for the New York Knicks. It's appreciative. Unlike the Boston Celtics, where our halftime performance is Boston College marching band. So it's a great time. That's classic. <laughs> we have we have little kids playing basketball. Let's see I would much there. rather watch that. <laughs> Give me that than the marching band, dude. On League Pass, yo, you should, yo, if you watch, know, League Pass, you get to I, watch I, the halftimes. Yeah. The, the Sacramento Kings have been having some weird halftimes. Like this is a weird halftime. You know what the, you know what the weirdest one is? If we're gonna, this is a good, this is a good side tangent. Uh, weirdest, weirdest halftime performance I saw was, I think Taekwondo movements for the San Antonio Spurs, and they had <laughs> it was like an all age group from from seven year olds to 50, 60 year olds, and they're doing the motions like not even just it's not fast, it's like slow punches. Uh, and this, I'm like, what are, what are we what are we doing here? It's like That's this is the amazing. best we got in San Antonio. They what just have happening? a class. They just like they they made people sign up for the class because like one day we're gonna be able to do like a 10 minute class on the San Antonio court. Like when oh, Kramer does karate in that one Seinfeld episode, he's fighting little kids. I literally just watched episodes. So Kramer, you're that. fighting children. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're my class, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not a KJE. It's not a KJE pod with some good side tangents. All right, <laughs> yeah. let's go back to the schedule. Back to back to back to our normal programming. So, Chip, I, you talked about coaches being mechanical. I want to know. Just give me some coaches that you think are mechanical, and then we can keep this thing pushing because I, I do want to get on the rotations a bit. Even though it sounds like the funny thing is, like we're making these like grievances. The team is. Seven and four, and it sounds like we're talking about losing teams. We're totally nitpicking, yeah. Yeah, we're just <laughs> nitpicking here, which is really, I guess that's just part of the New York culture. Nitpicking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. John, <laughs> John Link is here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 
whatever time you listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Jim, what do you, what do you, give me some mechanical coaches that we're talking about. I mean, based on what I see Lakers fans tweet all the time, I think Frank Vogel has to fall into that category. And mm. I mean, I've seen enough Pacer games back in the day I, and it does seem like he falls into that category. He's very analytically driven guys like that. And Mike D'Antoni was definitely like that. Yeah. He's obviously when he was at the Rockets and I think there's a lot of guys like it's, it's ironic. The guy that Knicks fans wanted Kenny Atkinson would have been exactly like this. Yeah. So any Knicks fan who wanted Kenny Atkinson, he would have been the exact same way with minutes. It's funny. Just all like this people, with tips. all those people are silent too. So yeah, stay silent. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, <clears throat> wow, I'm just in an agitated mood today. It's great. Uh, anyway, oh, Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle, <laughs> Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle. That, that is yeah, like dude, to the T. <laughs> yeah. So Rick, Car- the, the thing is with Rick Carlisle, he's he, he to me is such the opposite of Tibbs, which I don't know if. I wonder if you guys would want this kind of coach. Do you guys, would you guys want a coach on this Knicks team to like call offensive plays? Because like mm-hmm. if we call the offensive plays, we might, we might actually, actually have someone to blame. Number one, <laughs> right? At least you can be like, Oh, the plays aren't working and we could like see what's going on, like what we're trying to do. Cause now we're just like, yo, you take it. All right. You know, you take it. <laughs> right? Like, you know, like we're just playing hot potato with a uh, pick and roll and ISO ball. Like, do, do, do you guys think the Knicks would strive with a Carlisle type? Like, just like calm plays? I feel like all that ever does is piss his point guards off, though. Yeah. Like, J. Yeah. Kidd hated him. Rondo hated him. Luca hates uh, him. I was about to say, go talk like, to Rondo. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I mean, he won, he won the one championship, of course, but I don't know. I, I feel like Kemba Walker, okay. does Kemba Walker really need a coach yelling a play at him? He's Kemba Walker. Sure. I mean, we haven't really okay, seen Kemba. Fair. We haven't seen Kemba really command the offense yet, either. So, but if we call the play for RJ, I'm sure that would make some so, some people happy. You know what I mean? Or if yeah. we like all of a sudden design something for Randall to get four free points every single game, that'd be nice. If he didn't have to work his butt off for every single point, like dude, every single bucket Randall scores is a straight up war. Like, I feel like he never gets a nice, easy, tiny, like, layup. He never gets, like, a nice, easy second chance opportunity, like, that bounces to him for the three, like, IQ does to, like, you know, he never. He's always, like, getting bumped and bruised. And so, I mean, to, to, I mean, to wrap up, like, my grievances, like, I agree with you. I'm, I'm also agitated, even though I'm pretty sure, again, best start in a decade. So I don't want to go too far, but our perimeter defense is tough. Like, we all mentioned, the OB stuff is kind of tough, but I get it. Like, it's so hard to fit him in. So I'm not that upset about that. And, dude, I don't know. Just, like, can we, do we have to shoot 653s a game? Like, we don't have players that can we didn't have, threes. We didn't do that against the Bucks. That was the best adjustment I saw, too. Like, we were not knocking down our threes. And then we just started attacking the paint. We started getting physical, which was great. Because if we're not hitting threes, do something else. Um and you the can first game we did that. Three. Yeah. Magic. Just magic. But I, I but I like Speaking of, I don't <laughs> smile, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I, I agree with you, man. Like Tibbs I don't know. I think Are we gonna I beat the t- Bucks? Are we gonna beat the Bucks? Twice well, tonight? Yeah, when this podcast comes out, they'll be playing tonight. Yeah, be tonight. Um 
But let me, before I, before we get into that, I'll just say like I do agree with you with on tips offensively, like with Randall. The thing I think for Randall, and then we can really get into this because I really want to touch on it. I think Randall's still trying to figure out how to be that distributor. I know, no, I know some people are done with like seeing a lot of point Randall. I'm also done seeing a lot of point Randall. We have guards, we have guys, we have so many guys that can bring on the ball. It's not last season where we have to solely rely on Randall. I think Randall's still trying to adjust to being a playmaker with guy trusting guys on his team who can also knock down the shot. And that's, and that's where everyone's still trying to get their footing, right? Because we see Randall play hero ball. And I don't think Randall necessarily needs to play hero ball. When you see RJ who can contribute, when you see Evan Fournier, if he's feeling it, he can do it. Kemba, if he's feeling it, he can do it. Derek Rose has shown that he can help this team. We have so many guys that can, Literally, literally help this team. The depth is there. Tibbs, one, has to utilize it. Two, Randall has to be comfortable with not having to be that guy all the time. In situations, it's fine for Randall to take the last shot. You know, when it's getting, when you're talking about the last couple of seconds of the game and you want to go ISO just to make sure you get a shot off, sure, fine. But I don't need third quarter where we see all of our starters in there for the entire third quarter and Randall's just taking a bunch of shots. That just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Chip, anything you want to add in before we wrap it up and talk about the slate? Yeah, not really a grievance because the Obi thing, Obi getting more minutes is really my only real grievance. But it's more like a like a Randall thing. Like we thought adding better players, his shots and his usage would go down. And it has gone down slightly, but I'd like to see his shots go down a little more. I don't want him to take on. And it's not like he's killing the team or anything. He's playing great more so recently, but... I'd like to not see him put so much pressure on himself every time he touches the ball. I feel like he's doing that. And he's got, like you said, he needs to trust his new teammates more and his team, RJ Barrett too, and Fournier, Kemba, and just share the ball. Like he, he doesn't have to do it himself anymore. I think he's coming to terms with that. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. He's slowly coming to terms with it. And it's like I said, for our, for our listeners out there, I know it sounds like doom and gloom, but this is truly just nitpicking like yes. the Knicks because we are a seven and four team. We are, we do have a winning record, but when you watch this team on a night to night basis, you see the inconsistencies, you see the, the flaws and they're just so glaring, especially when it's from threes. When you see, when you have Miles Turner and Ricky Rubio just lighting you up from three, the most too recent in memory. It's just insane. Like, I don't really care about OG and Anobi, like going off. OG's a really good player. Yeah, I think good. people are just, I think people are just sleeping on OG. Uh, Cole Anthony. I'm not the biggest fan of Cole Anthony. I'm not the least of it, but I do think he's a good player too. So, Chip's thoughts. Why aren't you a fan of Cole? <laughs> I a, I'm not a fan. It's not that I'm not a fan of Cole. I like Cole. Like, I think he's a really good player. Well, I don't have to love every single player that's on the court. <laughs> oh, picks up man. Basketball. I think he's a good player, man. Like uh, we had a whole pod with Corey Tullable last year where we had like a whole 15 minute segment on Cole Anthony and him potentially being a Nick. I think Cole is going to be a really good player. He plays with a lot of tenacity. He loves to attack. I love that about him. I think for me, like I don't watch enough magic game like you do. So I can't really fall in love with the guy. I only watch the magic win the next play because Chip, there's only so much heartbreak I could take in my life and the Jets give me enough of that. So yeah. There's and the Knicks have done that sports, too. Man. <laughs> yeah. Too many sports, too much TV. I haven't watched as many. But that's why you're the couch ironically. Critic. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's why you're the couch critic, Chip. Well, yeah. Let's get into the slate. We got we got a good slate coming up, and we're going to talk about your Orlando Magic because that's going to be mm. the not tonight, but the following Wednesday when this pod comes out. So tonight we have the Bucks at MSG against the Knicks. The next one would be the Knicks at the uh, Knicks at Hornets. Then the Pacers come to MSG, and then we got the Magic at MSG again. So let's start off with the Bucks. What are you guys thinking about Knicks and the Bucks? Are we going to get another victory, or is this uh, Giannis and everyone? Coming to MSG because apparently we can't uh, defend home court that well. Chip, I'm going to start off with you. Well, I know we're favored in this game, which kind of surprised me, but I saw that means Middleton's out, right? Middleton is still in COVID protocol, and I guess yeah. Lopez is questionable. I think I saw last. Yep, he's and a Knicks killer, so that that probably means that they're banking on him being out. Yeah, I think it was two and a half last. It's, it's I saw two. It's two. Now. Is that two now? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Look, Giannis definitely wants to crush us. He definitely doesn't want to lose two in a row. He It's not just us that he wants to be. He loves beating the big market teams. He definitely circles those games. Like, he likes beating the Lakers and Clippers, too. Like, he he wants to beat us. And obviously, his brother has, like, that weird grudge against us for whatever reason. So, there's Ooh, that whole man. thing too. Yeah. Bill Jackson ain't here anymore. <laughs> I don't know. They're the defending, they're the defending champs. I mean, it's, it's hard to beat the defending champs two games in a row, man. I, I mean, it's going to be a hard game. I, do I think, of course they can win. I, I mean, you have got like RJ Barrett is coming off a bad game. The odds of him having two terrible games like that in a row are unlikely. I think Kemba is obviously due for a big game. So I think they definitely can win, but uh, and they're they're also due for a win at home. They've been terrible at home and compared to on the road. So yeah, I think they absolutely can win, but I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not super confident, especially with them being favored against the defending champs. Like I said, like I, I don't know if Weird. I like that one. Yeah, I, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I know it's fishy line. I don't yeah. like that either. What do you think, Alex? Uh, I'm gonna take. I was telling, talking to you about it today, John. I'm feeling that the Knicks got something up there. Not that they have something up their sleeves, but I feel like this is a time for someone in Emmanuel quickly to break out. He's starting to find his shooting stroke. And I think this is the game where he's just going to go off. He's ready. Quickly is usually ready to go off. He People always are like, why isn't quickly a consistent shooter? Just go back to his college, man. He was not that type of guy where he was consistent on a night-to-night basis. There are games where he would go. There would be stretches where he'd go. One for five, one for six, two for seven, all those type of things. And the next thing you know, this dude goes out eight for eight, nine for nine. And it's like, holy shit, this guy's on a spree. And I think that's coming around. Uh, he's starting to find a shot. We saw that against Philly. We saw that slowly coming against uh, who to play the, the Cavs, too. He was starting to get some shots up, up in there. I think this is going to be that game. I think there's that game where he comes out. I think the Knicks win. I'm actually going to go with the Knicks beating the Bucks. Um, I'm going to be that be that brave guy to to take. What about you? No, no, going down by 21 nonsense. No, like, no, no, this time this not, 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 no, no, being down 21 nonsense. I think we are going to start off being in a deficit, but not by 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, the the line's really fishy. Uh, uh, we've been ping ponging back and forth. Um, you know, the only thing we had, we had that little mini losing streak, uh, with the Bucks, with the um, Raptors and Pacers. 
Mm-hmm. I really hate the Hornets game in Charlotte on Friday. I, I don't think we're going to win that game. So just based on that, I, I, I'm just I'm taking a Bucks win reluctantly. You know, we were really frustrated after that Cavs game. We showed how we could respond in Philly. I'm hoping we kind of bring that momentum back because it's just a train ride away. They're basically been home. So yeah. I'm 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 hoping you're right and we can just slam this Bucks team away because they don't have Brooke Lopez, because they don't have Middleton. It's not the same championship team. You know, Giannis could drop 40. We could still beat them because, you know, he's probably going to drop 40. So <laughs> I, 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 I still think we could beat them regardless. So I like the Knicks here. And like I said, going to the road for that one road game in Charlotte, I think that's an L. What do you guys think uh, coming up to that Charlotte game with LaMelo? Dude, we can't guard anyone. We can't guard Ricky Rubio. How the hell are we going to guard LaMelo? Oh, LaMelo, I... You're more worried about this guy. Uh, I Charlotte doesn't look so good though. I mean, the last what two games? Well, they're five and seven right now. They, yeah, they're they're starting. Uh, yeah, to, but they, I mean, yeah, they were hot. Off. They were hot at first. I mean, Miles Bridges. Uh, Miles Bridges started off hot. He hasn't played well recently. I know that. And they lost to the Lakers by three. They got killed by the Clippers and the Kings. And I mean, they they just had a bad West Coast trip, right? Warriors, Kings, Clippers, Lakers, zero for four, not great. But they they could have beat the Lakers. You can't stop Melo sometimes. You know how it is, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy for Melo. Well, I know. Shoot, shout really out, am. shout out to Carmelo. I really am. I hope he gets a ring, even if it has to be with the Lakers. It's not going to be with ring. the Lakers unless I they hope. trade Westbrook. We all know that. Yeah. Thank you, please. If they trade Westbrook, I'm all in. Oh, that would be fantastic. If LeBron James wins a championship with Russell Westbrook, he's the best player of all time. <sighs> that anchor around him, Russell Westbrook. It's unbelievable. The guy's trying to lose on his team every single every single game. Yo, the fact that <laughs> that defensive effort where he was just left, I forget who he left open for an easy dunk. Uh, that was Dort. The Dort layup. Oh yeah, oh yes, against OKC. Always hoping OKC <laughs> win. Insanity. Just insanity. Chip, so what do you got, man? What do you think about this Knicks Hornets game? You think uh, the Knicks go into? I mean, we're good on the road, man. I wouldn't be surprised if we went. Yeah. To, I wouldn't be surprised if we went to Charlotte, get that win. Yeah, I the think one game they, weirds me out though. The one I think game. they, I think they lose the Milwaukee game and win the Charlotte game. Actually, I like mm-hmm. them. I think they play pretty well against Charlotte. I know this is a, a different Charlotte team, but I think they play pretty well, especially in Charlotte. I feel like, and I don't know, Rozier hurts the Knicks. Uh, a lot, but I don't know. I, Charlotte, I think they're catching Charlotte at the right time, and okay. I'm not too worried about this team. I think they also got. They'll be okay. They also got Kelly Oubre on there, who's a who's who can, a disaster. Yeah, who will self implode, so he can also help exactly. out the next chances there too. If anything, if you, I, I think the next, like I'm gonna go with the Knicks beating the Hornets too, because I think it's the next game where the Knicks take that L. Uh, Against the Indiana Pacers, I think the Pacers get our number again. Oh, I know. I mean, I want this one. I want. I want the. I don't know about I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm eyeing this Pacers game. I think. I think I have to be at the Garden for this game. I need this Pacers game. I need to beat Rick Carlisle. We need. We need to get rid of this Pacers like chip. No pun intended, because <laughs> this is going to haunt us. 
I mean, the Pacers are going to be in our way all year long. I feel like we're going to run into them in the playoffs. We we have to start figuring out how to play this team. Like we have to remember when Randall owned Sabonis and Miles Turner was a joke. Like why can't why can't we have that kind of game? I think the thing is that uh, they got a better coach now than last year. Whoever that one year one and done guy was, I forget. I can't remember his name. Uh, we just said Rick Car- we just said we don't want. Yeah. We just said we want Tibbs over Carlisle five minutes ago. I know, but Rick Carlisle is still a good coach. Like I'm not going to take that away from him. <laughs> I think for the Pacers that now they're st- now it will revert back to. I think they're starting to get into rhythm. They're four and oh, seven. Boy. They're starting to get. They're starting to get into that rhythm. They're such a dynamic team, man. They're like the Knicks, where they're just deep. You keep talking about them, man. You keep talking about how you're afraid of the Indiana Pacers, and. I'm afraid so of them too, man. This, so team, You're this team is really them? good. Yeah. This team is really good, man. Yeah, man. This team is really good. This is the good. team. This is the, this is like, this is like the Raptors to me. This is no. Like, yes. Yes. They're good. They no. play good team defense. They're going to sneak up on you and they're going to run, they're going to run half court sets on you, man. Why not? What's wrong with this Pacers team? Like, the, where's the flaw? The Raptors? They're not the Raptors. The Raptors where's the are flaw? the Raptors. I don't know. There's which, just which something team, about which, there's which just something about, the, about there's just something about the Pacers. It, it's just they're so underwhelming always. Like uh, there's something about them. Uh, I you just think can't it's different with Carlisle, it. or you just like you know into the jerseys. I think Carlisle. I hate the Indiana Pacers as well. I don't. I think Carlisle, I could hop on that train all day. I think Carlisle's overrated. I've always thought that as a coach. Oh, that's a hot take. God, I've always damn. thought that. Yeah. All right. Who's who's more overrated? Rick Carlisle or Doc Rivers? Ooh, that's the easiest. I like Doc Rivers. I know for you, John. I'm talking for Chip. <laughs> and I, I mean, cite and I cite first and foremost Chip Murphy's Orlando Magic when I talk about why Doc Rivers is a fraud. That's like my number. That's like my number ahead. one cite. Go ahead, go ahead. You you have some strong takes on Doc, so go ahead. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm I'm just saying when I when Alex knows, I just think Doc Rivers. Stinks as a coach. I think he's so overrated. I only think he's good when he has superstars with him. He, the only reason he actually is getting coaching gigs again is because he got the big three handed to him in, in Boston. I think he was going to get fired if he didn't get that, you know, to he go. Was gonna and he would have, and he would have never got another coaching job again ever because right before that, he was the worst coach ever with the magic. So I don't know why anyone ever sees in him and he's never got anything done since. So I don't know. To me, I wouldn't pay Doc Rivers five dollars to pay to coach the Knicks. God damn. I really wouldn't. <laughs> we would lose games. I really would not pay him. For, I would not want him coaching the Knicks. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Doc Rivers is so... There's a lot of people who think like you about Doc. So I don't think he's overrated because... Especially after what happened with the Clippers. Another collapse with the Clippers. So I don't think people are as high on Doc as they used to be. The media loves him because he's such a media guy. And he talks to all of them and stuff. Well, he's a player's guy. He's a player's guy. But yeah, I think there's a lot of people who aren't as high on Doc, the coach anymore. But yeah, I mean, he, he got the Sixers job right away, though. I mean, he got fired by the Clippers and hired the next day. Insane, bro. So Insane. he's still he's getting every good so roster. To every your top point, of the league, yeah, by the way. To your point, he does have a great reputation, though. Yeah, he's always going to be able to get jobs. And that dates back to the Celtics thing. So, because him and Maury know each other from the Celtics. And that's why Maury hired him. Mm. Well, that answers where Chip stands. 
So Chip will take Doc Rivers over Rick Carla. And, no, uh, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. Disgusting. I didn't say that. <laughs> this is disgusting, Alex. <laughs> so you got the Knicks beating the Pacers or not, Chip? In a seven-game series? Uh, absolutely. No, on on absolutely. Monday, November 15th. On Monday? Yeah, I do. Okay. okay. I do. Yeah. So right, John, me too. you got it. Alex, you okay. have the loss? I have the loss. But I have them bouncing back against uh, one... Orlando Magic on Wednesday. Please, God, uh, if they lose some magic again. Cole Anthony in the garden. Cole's going to take Terrence Ross under, in the garden. Over under 19 and a half shots for Cole Anthony. Or no, I was going to say 20 buckets. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking the over on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe that's that's too low. 22 and a half yeah. shots. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good I like that. one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. I'd still take the over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Guess the lines. Whose lines anyway with Chip Murphy? On Anthony shots. <laughs> Shot props. A week in advance. I like it. I wish they would have those. The field goal attempts. They would have been so fun when Harden was still on the Rockets to be able to wow. bet the over on field goal attempts. Did you see uh, the Nets sarcastically cheer uh, the Harden foul yesterday? <laughs> Harden finally got a foul call. And they like sarcastically cheered it. Yeah, sarcastically cheering a hardened foul. Like, Alex, how do you I, feel I, about I mean, that? Yeah. <laughs> I can care less what goes on in Brooklyn. For, for all I care, they're a division they're... foe. You can't say that about Brooklyn and then care about Philly. They're a division foe. They're the same. Yeah, I don't yeah, care but... about Brooklyn for, for a couple of reasons. <laughs> gentrify the goddamn God gentrify the goddamn neighborhood, all right? I have I just can't get over the fact that when I was just hanging out in New York City, like on a day-to-day basis, when I was dating somebody who lived down in a store, and I'd take the NQR, and I'd have I'd have to hear all these. Put that out, Racy. Everybody <laughs> just saying, you know, we have a new, we have the Brooklyn Nets now that that just came to uh, came to town. Their best player in franchise history is Deron Williams. I'm like, yo, just shut up, man. Oh, like, like, good transition. What? Deron Williams yeah. or Frank Gore? Who you got? Oh, boxing yeah. match of the boxing match coming up. Is this really a question? Give me Frank Gore all day, every day. Just like <laughs> Yo, he's Frank a tank. Gore. He's a tank. Frank Gore was running over people at like thirty-eight years old with the Bills, <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the Jets, and then the Jets. <laughs> the man has been playing football when they did all they had was just a leather helmet. Okay, that's how long yeah. Frank Gore <laughs> around. You're so right. and Rich Semenu was covering him. Yes, Rich. Rich me was like, and Mr. Frank Gore, please tell me what did you think about that touchdown? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I think the Knicks come back and beat uh, the Magic, transitioning seamlessly back to basketball. We are off the rails. We are off the rails. Transitioning today. <laughs> tell us about the Magic chip. Uh, I actually. The Magic are, have been super entertaining this year, and I actually haven't watched as much of them this year as I usually do. But I've watched a few games, and one of them was the one where they just beat the Jazz. And Cole had 33 points, and it was, I mean, it was his best game as a pro. He was awesome. He had, I think, 10 of those were in the fourth quarter. But he played great down the stretch, and... For them to beat the Jazz, I mean, you know, Wendell Carter played great too. I mean, that's looking like one of the best contracts in the NBA so far. I think 
Carter had mm-hmm. yet. Carter had 22 points, 15 rebounds, and six assists. So he's looked really good this year. I mean, before we came on, we were talking about how good Franz Wagner's looked. And uh, Chuma hasn't even started playing well yet. He's still getting into game shape. And Jalen Suggs is still ironing out everything. He's still a rookie, still young. And I think Mo Bamba, I'm, I love Mo Bamba. I'm super high on him. He's played really well. I love Mo Bamba too. I love him. <laughs> to the choir here. Absolutely love him. And I always thought he was going to be a Nick because he was a Harlem boy, but he's not. He's not going anywhere. I, yeah, I, I don't know. They didn't offer him any sort of extension, and he's he's coming up. But he's this is the most playing time he's ever got. Steve Clifford wouldn't even put him in the game, and now he's been starting the entire season, and he's finally showing. He's playing well. He's making threes. He's blocking shots. So he he looks good. And it's like we said when we played him the first time, they're, they play hard. That's the thing. Young teams like this, they always play hard. So they're going to give the Knicks a tough game. So it's mm-hmm. a good thing for the Knicks that they keep playing them this early because it's a good test. They're going to play against a team that's going to give them a hard time. They're going to get a win, but it's going to be a tough game. And they're going to play against good players. And they got Terrence Ross, who they know <laughs> is going to probably be a pain in the ass just like he always is against the Knicks. And he didn't play well against Utah. I know he had a terrible game. So he's due to light someone up, like he as he is wont to do against the Knicks. And, I mean, he's just super fun to watch. But uh, I'm very high on this Magic team going forward. And Oh, and (laughs) Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac haven't even come back from injury yet. Sure. Which is going to be pretty interesting to see what happens with Fultz for me, because I, I think the assumption was that Cole would slide to the bench when Fultz came back, but now I don't think he's going to the bench. I think it's there's going to be some beast. Yeah, I think there's going to be some, Anthony's too good. I know I think there's going to be some trade conversation about Fultz when he comes back. I think that's a possibility, but we'll wow. see. I think it's I think it's possible because obviously Suggs isn't going anywhere, and I think Cole. Cole has looked better so far than as an offensive player in terms of scoring than Fultz ever has. Dude, Fultz off the bench is nasty for the Magic. That's the problem. It it is, but is that what he wants? Is he willing to do that? I think think for Fultz, I would say probably no, because he probably came into the season saying, hey, I was a starter last year before Cole Anthony. I was going to be a starter this year before Cole Anthony came coming onto the scene. I think it's hard for a lot of young players who are still trying to carve out a role in this league to accept being a bench player, especially if it's someone younger than them. Um, it depends. Like, it, unless he's that team-oriented guy that would take that bench. Although I would probably see Fultz going to <sighs> – I could see him going somewhere like the Kings. I could see him going somewhere like the Nuggets. Um, Nuggets would be good. Yeah, Nuggets, I think, would be. I think the Magic could do another deal with the Nuggets again. Um, but I just see Stand him for wanting West to get more time. Bro. I mean, oh. that, would be, that would be too no. bad. Although you, I, you just don't, don't have a lot of shooting. In Orlando. Yeah, we don't want, I mean, him. We don't want him to ha- being a bad influence on Jalen Suggs. That's the last thing. <laughs> Triple-double machine over there. So overhyped, man. So overhyped those numbers. Uh, you got to win here. You got to win here, Alex. Against the Magic? Yeah. I, yeah. Think we, I think we beat the Magic. All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, we can't guard a guard. 
And until we can guard a guard, we are not being the Magic. We are not being the Hornets. Woof. But we'll be able to beat teams like the Pacers and the Bucks, who tend to play, you know, more towards the middle. Hopefully, we can get a rebound or two. We have been pushing pace though, but I, I, this is a two two and two week for me. You think yeah. we're losing to Orlando? I think we're going to lose to the Hornets, or we're going to lose to Orlando, and then mm. we're going to split. We're going to because that's a that's a three game homestand, right? We got the Pacers on Monday, Magic on Wednesday, and then the Rockets on Saturday. I, I, I'm hoping for two and one there. Beat the Pacers and the Rockets and lose to the Magic in between. So just, a, just a little look ahead. But, uh, yeah, dude, we, I mean, it's not the fact that it's the Orlando Magic. It's the fact that we can't guard a guard and their guard is really good right now. I mean, forget the fact that even the fact that he's really good on paper and in front of her eyes, he's got the swag, dude. That post game press conference was, he's oozing with confidence. Like you don't want, you don't want that. Coming into the game, you know what I mean? The, the guard knows he's going to score 35 on you. That's not great against a team who can't guard the guards. <laughs> so uh, They're going to attack Kemba and pick and roll that whole game with Cole. Yeah, for sure. It's so, going to be interesting to see who hopefully closes Mitch out is, that one. Hopefully Mitch is healthy. Hopefully. We'll see, man. We'll see what happens that week. That's what we got. So John's got two and two. You got him being the Bucks and the Pacers, losing to the Magic and the Hornets. Chip, you got... You guys, I think I was Pacers. three and one. I yeah, think I had three and one. Just the Bucks was the loss. Yeah, I think. you had us losing to the Bucks. You had us being the Hornets, Pacers, and Magic. I also got two and two where we beat the Bucks, the Hornets. Actually, no, what am I talking? No, I got us being the Bucks. Oh, yeah, two and I got us uh, being the Bucks, Hornets, losing to the Pacers, and beating the Magic. So, so you I both got, got three and one. one. Yeah, both got three. I got two and two. And Chip, you got a nice little three game winning streak coming up. I mean, he called the last one, man. He called. I know. Yeah, that's right. That's I what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He called well, that winning. He called. He was the start of that nine game winning streak. Chip's nine game winning streak. One of my favorite episodes on this podcast. <laughs> Chip's nine game winning streak. Who would have thought? <laughs> but give me a three game winning streak here, Chip. Give me a three game winning. Not me. You're going to be a, a a stapled co-host for uh, the Knicks schedule because you're going to have to come We're out here. To bring- like give us winning streaks every time. Yeah, you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get. Um, we're gonna have to get a chip on. Uh, you know, when he's uh, when the playoffs come around. That way, we know we got a guaranteed wins every single night. Well, if that's oh, true, nice. then I change my pick. They're gonna beat the Bucks too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> War game winning. No, streak. you can't chip. change that. You can't. Change. No, no, no. It's too late now. It's too late now. We have to go with the original take. It's solidified. But guys, we got some general NBA topics we got to discuss too before we get ourselves out of here. ESPN dropped an article about one Robert Sarver, owner of the Phoenix Suns, the reporter it was or is Baxter Holmes. Very, 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 very detailed report on Robert Sarver for misogyny, racism, every bad thing you could think about under the sun. Uh, I read that thing. It took me an entire day to read that thing because, my God, that thing was detailed. Shout out to Baxter Holmes for doing some great journalism and just the thorough investigate, investigative work. Um, I, I, for me, it's 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 no. There's nothing way to than say this guy's an asshole. <laughs> just just point blank. Um, I was listening to NBA Ringers podcast with uh, Logan Murdoch. And um, one of Suns player, uh, Raja Bell. Oh, well, Raja, Raja Bell, Bell yeah. yeah. 
and uh, Raja was discussing uh, a time where he and Steve Kerr were having, I think it was either lunch or dinner with uh, Robert Sarver. And he was talking about the incident saying, and th- keep in mind, Raja prefaces saying he's never experienced any racism or as we, he has never witnessed this, any of the actions that they discussed in that article. But what he did talk about was that they were out to lunch and dinner. I forget Steve Kerr was there with, and it was Robert Sarver and Raja said, you know, he and his family would love to be in Phoenix. They love to stay there this entire time. And, you know, he was looking for a contract extension and Sarver replies saying, you think you deserve a contract extension? And Raja says, yeah, I do. And Sarver says, I believe so too, but I don't have to give you one. And I think when you start hearing stuff like that, where guys are just telling stories like that. And even when Raja talked about his Phoenix Suns group chat and they're all just not surprised. I think it's, I think it's telling that this guy is a racist is misogynistic and probably has committed all of these acts. If not like it's not all of them, majority of them. And to this point, like I could say that I believe that he's a terrible human being, but it's up to the NBA to do their investigative work and figure out if he can be removed as they did to the former Clippers owner. But uh, what do you, what do you guys, what do you guys think about this? I know this is a very serious topic uh, after just a very fun podcast, but we do have to talk. I I feel like it is necessary for us to talk about serious things in the NBA because it is real world stuff. And I'm one for making a work environment comfortable and two, just being a, uh, just being a humanitarian and just being respectful to other people. So what are you guys' opinions on the matter? Yeah. I mean, he's a terrible guy. Yeah. Like he should, they should do the same thing they did with Donald Sterling yeah. and just take the team away from him. I guess I don't know technically what they did. They, they didn't fire him. I guess they just, I'm not sure what the right thing is. I, I guess, are they investigating Robert Sarver or yeah, that's, they hired a, a law firm to investigate, I guess. Yeah. Cause I, I just I, saw something on ESPN that they, ex staffers and the team said that his wife is texting them, threatening them or something. It's the whole thing is so insane. And he's obviously just a bad person. And it, I mean, there's been stuff about him, like being like a oh, jerk for so for long, being a dick, like for a long time. So this really isn't surprising that something like this would come out. And I mean, yeah, just take the team away from the guy. You did it once. You can do it again. It's kind of a simple fix. Just take it away from the guy. Everybody who was associated with him needs to go. I I think the thing is that unlike Donald Sterling, there was actually hard concrete evidence where you had a video of Donald Sterling just being a flat out racist. That's and they have to find, they have to find the information and do that complete investigative work to make that type of move. Yeah. You can't be taken away you know, billion dollar franchises from owners, you know, because of allegations, number one, but even if the investigation comes out, like what's the crime, you know, he has to have overtly racist acts in order to be an actual, you know, detrimental to, you know, the NBA shield for the other owners to vote him out. Like at the end of the day, you can't, it's not, it's, there's some precedent behind it. It's not just like, oh, this guy's a bad guy. 
you know, this guy might have did bad things to his employees. Like, I don't even think that would get you out of there. You know what I mean? Of owning a franchise. I think there'd have to be like, like actual, like legitimate crimes committed where you could like prove discrimination through anything, whether that's sex, gender, or any harassment, you know, anything like that. If that's like proven and we can get it to a criminal level, not even a civil level, then you can start talking. Right, because that's where that's where Sterling was, right? Where he Sterling, was, but well, Sterling he wasn't. Was more, there wasn't any crimes with Sterling. No, right? He it, was just it, saying racist things on a tape. Yeah, he was. It was more of a civil issue because he was civil, <laughs> being okay. just a flat, being more of a flat out racist. It's just very overt. Yeah. It was very, very overt. Very overt. Think, so the only thing that came out in that article, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was that he said the N word as quoting someone. Right? That's was that the he, only that, thing in the, that, in that's the what article? He, yeah, that's what he's alleging. Um, that's what he's very hearsay, very hearsay, yeah, no, no, very thing. like nothing. Yeah. yeah. If we're putting on, if we're putting on a wiggle hat, it's like all this is just hearsay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not going to get and, a team taken and, and away even, from this. And even, and even if, even if you're in a courtroom and someone just said, "Well, they said this," and someone said, "Well, they said that," uh, you can't do any action off of it. Because it's legitimately just say hearsay. Like I could just come up here and say, "Well, Chip said some wild ass shit," and Chip be like, "I didn't say that at all. I didn't say any of this." And it's like, "Who, who are you going to believe?" And it's just once again hearsay. So that's why for this, they actually have to find something. I do think so, it's interesting that Chris Paul is there. Just say every every you know, owner that Chris Paul's around, he like yeah. like I think it's interesting that he's there and he resigned the and is, this came out where everyone knew this has been a thing for years. Like, I don't want to harp on this too much because we don't really have information more than whatever the article said, wherever the media, you know, players come out, wherever Earl Watson says, you know, uh, it's just, I just think it's my, my tinfoil hat is, I think it's interesting that Chris Paul, you know, the ex players association guy, I I think he has a hand in all this. That's, that's all, that's all, that's all I like in the story coming out, you mean? I know. I just think no. that he's gonna like he's he's working on the inside to like this guy. He has feelings on this guy, and he's gonna like make it his last mission to like get this guy out of here. You know what I mean? And like he's gonna be the one to like infiltrate it from the in out. That 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 that's that's my tinfoil hat. That's the only thing that I could like add to the story from my perspective. Is I think that Chris Paul is not a coincidence that he's here, and this is all stuff is coming out from years ago. Nothing here is new. Yeah, I think. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't say it's Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul is just. Like, why would you even want to work in that type of environment if you know that? Like, you don't have to be there in order to make something happen. And from what I heard, he's paying him a bunch of million dollars, bro. No, who else is paying Chris Paul? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think because from what I heard, especially on the mismatch, Kevin O'Connor said that this was in the works. This has been happening. Like, people were ready. Like, he was the next one after Donald Sterling. So I think people knew about this prior to Chris Paul even wanting to be there. Um, but you, as, as you said, John, like all we're working off is just based off this article. The NBA has to do their investigation. But if you're asking me uh, how I feel about this or like if you just want my opinion on Sarver, I think he's an ass. He's been known for being a cheap owner. He's been known for – you even see what he's doing to DeAndre Ayton. Dude just had a stellar career or not a stellar career year last <laughs> season, and now you're just not going to pay your center that you drafted number one overall. Kind of a little fishy, man. Kind of a little fishy and very strange for a guy uh, who should want to have a successful team. That's what I'm saying. Just based on the story and just listening to like Raja Bell, it, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But 
we can keep we can keep moving on. Last topic. Getting back to a little fun note. Let's end it on a fun note. We got some beef between the Morris brothers and the Jokic brothers. Woof. 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 So if anyone hasn't seen it, it's circling on Twitter. It's probably after today. We'll probably hit Instagram at some point and then Facebook, I don't know, a week later. Um, we had Jokic making a pass while coming down the court. He was about midcourt. And then Markeith Morris of the Miami Heat decides to give him a hip check midair. Dangerous hip check. Uh, could have seriously injured Jokic, injured Jokic. And then Jokic decided to retaliate and bulldoze uh, Markeith without Markeith seeing from behind and just knock him on the floor. And then you have everyone circling each other like NBA teams do it today. Like they're going to fake fight <laughs> each other. You have Jimmy Butler saying, meet me outside of the back. Come on, Jimmy. You're not going to do that at yeah, all. You're not going to risk. You're, you're not going to risk your money, Jimmy. Stop acting fake tough. You ain't that guy. Meet me outside in the back, he actually said. Yeah. yeah. Meet me out back. Well, he made, he made a lot of money back. off coffee, apparently. So, he can afford it. I'll say this. Uh, cheap shot by Keith. You can be angry yeah. at Jokic, too. Not saying what Jokic did was right, but if you don't get what Keith did, you don't get Jokic's reaction. And I find what Keith – this is not the first time – Markeith Morris has done this. He did this against the Houston Rockets, too. He did it to DeMarcus Cousins. Shout out to Stefan Bondi for fighting that clip. Because you had Marcus Morris, Marquise's brother, saying, oh, okay, Jokic hitting a guy, hit my brother when he's not looking. Well, Keith has also hit guys when he's not looking. Just go equated to Boogie Cousins. So at this point, I think both like both of them are suspended. I think Keith should be suspended more so than Jokic, just because that, in my opinion— yeah, no, I think I think you should, man. Like it's the end of a game. Like, what are we doing at it? Why are you going to injure Jokic, the league MVP? You know? Like, teams should want to protect the league MVP. You as a player should know you shouldn't take out another player, especially when you have Jamal Murray who's out on the sidelines. You have Michael Porter Jr. is also out. So now you want to take out Nikola Jokic because you're angry that your team lost one regular season game to the Nuggets. Like that just makes no sense. I think for a guy like that, it's such a cheap shot dangerous play especially when a guy's midair um yeah shoulder to the ribs yeah like what are you doing yeah i don't know chip what, yeah. what are your thoughts man no i thought it was a dirty play by morris for sure and i thought i mean it was uh, it was also out of line by Jokic, but yeah i agree with you that morris should get more games he just playing out he hit him first he start he started it so yeah. it's yeah, he started it, so he gets more games for sure. He started the whole thing, and he wanted it. Obviously, he. What did he think? Nothing was going to happen if he, not if he did that to freaking Nikola Jokic. Like, I guess, I guess he thought it just would go away. Like he thought he's this tough guy, and nobody would do anything to him. But that's not what happened. What's your what's your what's your guess on suspension numbers? Hmm. For Morris, I mean, nobody gets a lot of games. So I would say it's going to be very small amount because it's beginning of the season. Uh, I would say at the most, one of them gets four. So I'll say, I'll say two for Morris, one for Jokic. I don't think any, I don't think they get a lot. Okay. I'm going three for, I'm going three for Morris, one for Jokic. Wow. All right, I got three for the Joker and two for Markeith Morris. Wow! Even though I actually do 
generally agree with you guys where Joker's the MVP, number one. Number two, he's he's vulnerable where he is in the middle of a shot and you're sticking your shoulder into his ribs in a non-basketball play. And therefore, you deserved what came to you. Like, you turned around right away. It's not like he did that, then they were talking, and then he turned around and walked away, and then the Joker just started, like, bull rushed out of nowhere and pushed him. Like, as soon as you hit me with your shoulder in my ribs, like, I pushed you, like, within seconds. You know what I mean? So... By the way, shout out to Jimmy Butler who tried to push the Joker. If you watch, rewatch that snuffle, yeah, 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 and yeah. he literally did not get any movement on him, which I thought <laughs> was hilarious. Um, also, shout out to Tyler Hero acting fake tough. Come on, guy, you're not that. Guy. I mean, like, but you're not. That I mean, guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he was acting fake tough though. Like, it was very spur of the moment. Like, all of a sudden, like he hit him, and then all of a sudden, like Harold turns around, and this guy's chucking Marky Morris to the floor. <laughs> Like my first reaction would be like, yo, and then be like, oh, one second. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, got a hundred pounds on me. I'm so going to back yeah, off. Yeah. But I would so, also so, like right away, I would, I don't even care if that was Shaq. If Shaq did that to like my friend, I would immediately be like, whoa. And then be like, all right, like, yeah. let me just like <laughs> make sure I'm at a distance. Um, so, so then the real question we got then to, to end this podcast off, who would you win? Who would win in a fight? The Markeith, the, 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 the Morris brothers. Or the Jokic brothers. Who do you got? Just fist to fist, hand to hand combat, rough and rowdy style. Hand to hand combat. We're putting it in the ring, man. Actually, we're putting it in the ring. All right. UFC, whatever, MMA. I don't get. I don't get. <laughs> it's, jo- it, it, it's it's the Jokic brothers, man. It's not even close. Those guys, dude. The Joker lost the playoff game, and then he went back to his farm in Serbia. You gonna fight that guy? No. <laughs> like, hey, what do his brothers do? No. His brothers don't even play basketball. Like, they have no, like desire to be Did you see how professional fast those guys got up in the stands <laughs> but they can't do anything in the stands what are they gonna do they run on the court they're gonna get arrested so they can't do i know anything. but That's still like tough. they're, they're talking about fake that, tough fake tough but, standing in the stands as a fan and starting yelling stuff in in serbian come on we're, we're, they're not gonna do anything if they step no. foot on the court they're literally going to the prison going to jail i just know that they're ready i know they're ready for to, to yeah. the brother man you know how it is yeah i mean I, if jimmy Butler really wants to fight outside then he's dumb because then the, then the Joker brothers are gone. He, yeah, he wants to fight on the court. I, I, I would, I would think he, he could afford a suspension. Um, but you know what? I'm really looking forward to Nuggets Heat. I'm a little worried that this is going to light a, a fire under the Heat's butt. No pun intended. And I think that they're gonna, they're gonna do even better than they've been doing. Like now they have a reason to. You know what I mean? Now they're, I think they're going on the road now too. Like uh, honestly, for us as Knicks fans, not great. Not a great look right now. I think the Heat are going to go streaking for a little bit. I don't yeah. think so. I don't know. I don't know. Right about I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. All I think right. they're going to come back. You I think guys. Back. I think they're going to come back and win. I don't think they're going on a winning streak, but I will definitely say when they come back and see the Nuggets, that'll be a good game to watch. All right. I mean, the Heat are second in the league right now. You guys are telling me watch out for the for the uh, Bucks. They won the, the championship Heat- last year. The Heat are seven and three. Yeah, tell me not oh, to worry about the Sixers. He, Sixers are number one in the league. I'm just saying, you guys aren't. Pay, you guys, got, I think you guys. I'm just saying they're not gonna go on a winning streak, bro. They're not gonna go on this crazy winning streak after this. I think they're gonna come back, win the next game. They're gonna forget about it, go back to the regular season. I think they already forgot about it. And then, and you then they forgot about it. The they're nuggets, going. They're literally going to LA. And once they see right the now. Nuggets again, you think they forgot about that. The neg- <laughs> 
Once they the, see the Nuggets again. About the Nuggets fight thing? I don't think they care about that. I think they'll remember it again when they play them. All right. I think bonus. I think th- bonus. Bonus question right now. You think, well, what, what do you think is going to happen? Heat versus Lakers tomorrow. Heat versus Lakers? I yeah, think that's the, the next game. Yeah, I think the Heat will win. Yeah, okay. but that's not. That's so what? LeBron's not playing. It's the Lakers without LeBron. Yeah, you guys are. Probably though. Yeah, they'll probably you said the heat. I said the Heat are gonna win. Now, is that uh, what we want to hear? Then they're going to the Clippers and then to the Jazz. I don't know why we're on a tangent, but you guys don't like they're gonna. And they're not the gonna. They're, I think both. I think that they're, they're gonna beat the Clippers. Oh. They might uh, lose to the Jazz and beat the Thunder. That's a that's a nice streak. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> that's I don't get. You're making, you're they're, not gonna beat the, they're not gonna beat the Jazz in Utah. All right, on, and then they got the Wizards coming up. I feel like the Heat are barely going to lose, but whatever. I don't want to get on tangent. I hate the Heat, so I don't want to talk about that. This is not a this is not a Heat's podcast. Fan side of Minute Media has another because of wild podcast to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> the Jokic brothers would win that fight. Yeah, those guys are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, They're cold. throwing it's... knives at each other when they were kids. They're nuts. Those guys would those guys would win a fight against yeah. against NBA player brothers. Those guys those guys look like. Villains in a Jason Bourne movie. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. When I saw those guys. They look like someone that Jason Bourne would fight. Oh man! Ooh. And on that, right, note, so the Nuggets think- game is ten games away. The Nuggets game is ten ga- games away. I think. I think the Heat might might win seven games. Another seven games before they see them. So I, I'm just saying. All right. They might be like fourteen and six going to see the, or the top of the East, seeing the Denver Nuggets. Right by Thanksgiving, so it can be a crazy game. Just saying. And Udonis Haslam comes in for twenty seconds. Starting, starting center Udonis oh Haslam that game. I'm calling it right so now. Lame. Oh. He's so <laughs> lame that dude. Oh, All right. Man. And on that note, I think that on ends that this note. tangent-filled <laughs> Knicks episode, where Thank somehow you. we ended up. Who would, have thought, who would have thought <laughs> Udonis Haslam would get a mention? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to get paid by Haslam for this episode. Chip, before we get out of here, please let our listeners know where they can find you. Man. Yes. Thank you again for having me on, guys. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Chip Murphy 7. Every, everything is on there. Couch Critic, Knicks Fan TV, Podcast, Knicks State of Mind. Follow me on there. For sure. Make sure to follow Chip. Chip does some great work. Thank you, Chip, for coming on. And everyone who tuned in for this fun, long Knicks episode, thank you all. Please make sure to give us a five-star rating if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. If you don't listen to us there, it's okay. It really is okay. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa Stitch, and you name it, we are there. On top of that, if you're watching this on the YouTube, you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, hit that notification bell. It's the polite thing to do. Also, while you're there, we also have another podcast called Winning Picks Weekly. John and our video producer, Greg, give you some rundowns on the NFL slate week to week. Soon to hopefully be starting for NBA. Be on the lookout for that. And certainly, last but not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are there. You forgot that part. I got you. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right, everyone. Catch you later. Catch you later this week for a Jets preview because our mini bye was over. First, uh, (laughs) the Buffalo Bills. Oh, Oh, man. Let's go next, baby.